Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this week's sermon, Pastor George preaches about planning for the future and what Jesus' mission was to plan for the future. This sermon was originally preached on September 11th, 2022 at Lingostown Life. As we uh, get ready to move into today's message, I encourage you to uh, either grab your, your sermon outline that's in the bulletin or use your, uh, use your Bible app to follow along. Uh, that's a great tool that's available to you so that you can uh, see where we're going and, uh, and remember some of what we're talking about today. But uh, we're trying to, throughout this month, see the future. And seeing the future can be rather difficult when most of us are just trying to get through the day. Can, can, can we be honest about that? Sometimes thinking about the future is pretty hard to do because we just want to get through the day. Uh, this, was, this was such a difficult message to work on this week, thinking about the future, because earlier this week, I, I, I either came down with a case of food poisoning or a stomach bug. Uh, whichever it is, I'm still not uh, 100% back to normal. But, you know, it's hard to see the future when, when the challenges that you're going through in that particular day sort of bring everything to that one moment. But life is hard. And for all of us, life is hard. And and because it's hard, it's easy to get distracted. Because we realize that the next crisis is just around the corner, that there are people who are seeking to sway us to to their agenda. And, And being able to see the future is challenging. Add to all of this the way that, that, that life is changing so rapidly around us in, in our world, and it's always easier to look back than it is to look forward. I, I was reading an article this week that, uh, that, included, that included the annual survey that they put together for college professors to sort of help them understand the incoming class of freshmen. And a couple of the things that they noted in there. This group of 18-year-olds have never had to lick a stamp. There you go. I mean, remember as a kid, if you'd lick a stamp and you'd be like, eh, you know? They never had to lick a stamp. Uh, 18-year-olds today, they've never not known somebody living in space. Now, isn't that, that's, that's something, to, to have never known anybody not living in space. There's a whole list of these things, and if nothing else, it made me feel old. Um, but uh, but, but it, is, it is something to think about how the pace of life sort of causes us to want to look back rather than to look forward. And because of all these challenges that are happening in our lives each day, it's important for us to know our mission, to sort of have that kind of north star that's out there that will always guide us forward. Uh, 
And when we know our mission, when we, when we know our mission, it, it keeps us focused and helps us to avoid distractions. Squirrel. That's me. I mean, if there's a squirrel around and not even necessarily a real one, I will be distracted very easily. So if we know our mission, our mission will stay on focus, on track, and it will help us to avoid distractions. It also keeps us focused on the impact that we're seeking to make in life. When we know what we're about, what it is that we're trying to achieve in the long run, it helps us to stay focused. That knowing our mission also uh, keeps us focused in the decision-making process. It helps us to, to avoid making mistakes that we've made in the past. And when we know our mission, it keeps us focused on always trying to write a better story, not only for ourselves, but a better story for others. And when we know our mission, we can live with passion and we can go through life with a purpose to accomplish that mission. Now, one of the most important people who had a mission was Jesus. Uh, probably the most important person to have a mission was Jesus, and he knew his mission. And uh, we want to share that mission this morning and talk about how Jesus' mission is our mission and how that mission helps us to see the future. So we're going to turn to the scripture in Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. Jesus has begun his ministry, and as he has begun his ministry, he returns to his hometown of Nazareth. And as he returns to Nazareth, he goes to the synagogue, and he begins in this way. Verse 16, Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus knew his mission. And as disciples of Jesus and as a community of faith, Jesus' mission is our mission. And it's important that we understand how his mission empowers each and every one of us to live out our mission, our mission individually and our mission corporately. But before we get into the specifics of that mission, I think it's important for us to look at the context around which Jesus shares these words from, Luke, or from, from I, the prophet Isaiah. But look at what Jesus has around him when he understands his mission. The first thing is that Jesus, Jesus was never confused about who he was. 
He was never confused about who he was. In, in Luke chapter 3, Luke includes the story of Jesus' baptism. And, and we hear these great words that come from heaven as God says to his son, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. See, Jesus was never confused about who he was. And so he had, he had his mind set on what his mission was. He, he wasn't wondering, well, how does this fit for me? He knew who he was. Jesus was also never distracted by somebody else's agenda for his life. If you look, Luke chapter 4 begins with the account of the temptation in the wilderness. Uh, talk about somebody who's trying to take over your mission. That's what, that's what the tempter was trying to do here. The tempter is trying to distract Jesus from his mission, but Jesus would not be deterred because he was not going to be distracted by somebody else's agenda. And Jesus was never caught off guard by other people's expectations of him. The, the chapter ends, Luke chapter 4 ends with Jesus' disciples trying to persuade him to stay with the crowd. You remember we talked about this a few weeks ago, how, how the disciples were like, let's follow the crowd, let's go where the crowd is, because that's where the, that's where the power is. But, but Jesus recognized that his mission wasn't about following somebody else. It wasn't about living into somebody else's expectations. And so when the disciples come to Jesus, they're trying to get him to go back to where the crowd is. And Jesus says at the end of Luke chapter 4, he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because this is why I was sent. Jesus understood his mission, and he would not be deterred from it. And so Jesus was focused on his mission, and he pursued it with passion. So let's get to what Jesus' mission was. Jesus' mission, pure and simple, is this, to bring good news to people and places. Say that with me. To bring good news to people and places. Now, Jesus sort of elaborates on that in, in this passage that he is reading from the Old Testament prophet uh, of Isaiah, and, and he's talking about the poor and the prisoners and the blind and the oppressed. And, and the interesting thing is, when you stop and read through the Gospels, these were all the kinds of people that Jesus attracted to himself. And the reason that people were attracted to Jesus was because he brought them good news. He brought them good news. Now, let's, let's unpack what this statement uh, means, this, this idea of bringing good news to people and places really means in our context today. And I want to do that by asking you a couple questions. When I ask you these questions, I, I honestly want you to think about how you would answer them. And I don't want you to shout out any answers yet, but I'm going to come back to it in just a second, and I want you to give me some answers. So think about this, okay? What does good news look like to a single mother of three toddlers? Don't, don't, don't need to reply to that right now, but what does good news look like 
to a single mother of three toddlers. Here's another question for you. What does good news look like to the quiet teen that no one seems to understand? Try this one. What does good news look like to the couple that's struggling with infertility? How about this one? What does good news look like to the man who just heard the doctor say the word cancer? And what does good news look like to a community where the high school dropout rate is higher than the graduation rate? What does good news look like in each of those contexts? If you stop and think about this this morning, uh, there is one simple truth to this, and that is that Jesus' mission to bring good news is going to be different in every context. Jesus' mission to bring good news is going to be different in every context. So let's go back for a moment, okay? I, I heard some, some moans when I mentioned this one, but, but what does good news look like to the single mother of three toddlers? Come on, what are some answers? Rest, okay, what else? A trip to the grocery store alone. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Prepared meals. Okay, what else? Financial help. Okay. What? Someone who cares, yeah. I'm sorry. Somebody to take your kids for a few hours. Yeah. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news for a single mom. Now, now, how about that quiet teen? What? A friend? Okay, what else? Being asked to be included? Okay. What's good news for this person? How about the person who just heard the doctor say the word cancer? What's good news? hope, okay? Now, what I want you to start thinking about today is something that I think Jesus taught us, and, and that is that good news looks different in every context. Good news looks different in every context. And oftentimes, not only will good news look different in each context, but I think that oftentimes, Good news looks different based upon who's bringing the news, based upon what gifts they have, what, what experiences they have, and as they bring themselves into that place, to that person's life, they bring good news that they've experienced, that they know personally. So, what is good news? What is good news for a person or a place? Well, good news, good news can be the hope that we announce that, that we believe we find in Jesus Christ. Good news may, may come in, in a way that we love those people who are unloved. Good news may come in providing food to a hungry soul. If we're going to bring good news to people and places, 
Well, it's going to require us to ask some questions. Now, if you have your sermon outline, those questions are on your sermon outline. And I, want to, I really want to challenge you to, to take time to, to ask yourself how you would answer these questions. But more importantly, if you're with somebody else this week, ask these questions. But the first one is very simple. What would good news look and sound like to the people in my community? And when we're talking about my community here, just, just think about the people that you're going to meet this week. What would good news look and sound like to those people? As a community of faith, we need to ask this other question, and that is, what assets can our community offer in service to the good news? Because, you see, responding to the needs means figuring out what we have to offer to those needs. And as a community of faith, what, what we're trying to understand now is we're learning to ask, what are the needs of our community and what has God gifted us with so that we can help meet those needs? As individuals and as a community of faith, we need to ask the question, how are we consistently listening to and learning from the people and places that we're serving? My, my guess is that if, if you take the time this week to simply listen and to do everything you can to learn from the people around you, you will discover that there are ways that God is calling you to bring good news to those people and places. And because Jesus doesn't limit his mission only to us, we need to see who else is working in the place of need and ask what kind of partnerships could God be calling us into. Those are the, those are the questions that, that not only are we needing to ask individually, but they're the questions that are guiding our leadership council as we navigate how to bring good news to people and places. They're the questions that are guiding, that are guiding us as we seek to live into to understanding how do, we, how do we live into the mission that God has called us to? How do we, how do we strategize doing that? One of the things that, that our leadership council has done in the last few months is to sort of try and put that into a statement, a strategy statement. And so this is what that strategy statement is. It simply says, Lingolstown Life will use the tools available to affect the transformation of individuals and communities into people and places that love God and love others. Now, there, there's a lot that can be unpacked there. That doesn't answer all of the questions about how that's going to happen, but it's a guide. It's a guide to help us implement our mission moving forward, and that's where you come in. You see, when you recognize that your life is wrapped up in making Jesus' mission, our mission, a reality, then you begin to ask yourself this question. And that question is, what does good news look like for the people and places where I live and work and recreate? When was the last time you asked yourself that question? When was the last time you really stopped and asked, what does good news look like for the people and the places where I live and work and recreate? 
Because you see, Jesus doesn't accomplish his mission alone. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But Jesus, Jesus wants you to figure this out where you are because that's where the mission hits the floor running. Now, in last week's message, I said that if we're going to see the future, we need to do two things. We need to believe and we need to pray. And so this week, uh, I want to offer you a prayer that I want to encourage you to begin praying today. And I want to encourage you to pray it not only today, but I want to encourage you to begin praying it every day, maybe even several times a day. And here's the prayer. The prayer is simply this, Jesus, enable me to see how I can bring the good news to people and places in my daily rhythm of life. You see, this is what we are called to be as disciples of Jesus. We are called to bring good news to the people and places where we find ourselves day in and day out. Doesn't have to be anything fancy, doesn't have to be anything that, that God's calling us to, to, to travel across the ocean and go to deepest, darkest Africa. You do it right where you are. Say the prayer with me one time. Jesus, enable me to see how I can bring the good news to people and places in my daily rhythm of life. Now, you see, when, when we pray that prayer, what we're really doing is we're issuing an invitation to God to open our eyes and our ears so that we can understand where it is that we are being called to live out that mission. And that's what, that's what Jesus is calling us to understand today, how we can see and hear and respond to the opportunities to bring good news to people and places every day. Now, as we, as we offer that invitation, I want to warn you about something. Praying that kind of a prayer is a dangerous prayer because you don't know what it is that God may invite you to do. And you need to be willing when you say this prayer, to open your eyes to the fact that God may be inviting you into something that is going to challenge you. Today's September 11th. Today's the day that, that we remember the brave men and women of the New York Fire Department. We, we could think about about many other people as well, but, but I just want you to think about this for a moment. The men and women of the New York Fire Department knew what their mission was on September the 11th. They didn't have to stop. They didn't have to have anybody at the bottom of the stairs of the World Trade Center say to them, your mission is to climb these stairs and save souls. They knew what their mission was. And they went and they did it. They didn't think about the cost to their families. They didn't think about the personal cost. They knew what their mission was. And they went after it passionately and purposefully because they knew that their job was to save lives. 
when you pray this prayer, fulfilling Jesus' mission may cost you something. It may, it may set you against the flow of the crowd, but if we see the future which Jesus saw, we'll see that there are lives and communities that need to be transformed. This weekend, the world is also mourning the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Throughout her life, she knew what her mission was. She knew that her mission was to serve, and serve she did for her entire life. But one of the things that, that I heard which really caught me, and I, I, I went back to find it later, was, was Princess Elizabeth's speech that she gave on her 21st birthday. It's, it's great. I mean, it only takes you about five minutes to read through it. It's a page long but she concludes it in this way. She said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. I think the reason the world is impacted by the death of Queen Elizabeth is because she was a person who was true to her mission. She was a person who, who, who served others. She never forgot in all of her 70 years as queen that she was called upon to serve. And her mission, her mission was drawn deeply from her faith in Jesus Christ and her commitment to people. And I think that's why her death causes people all over the world to mourn, because I think deep down inside, we all wish there were more people like her. We wish there were more people like her who understood their mission and lived it with the same kind of passion. Jesus' mission was very simple. It was to bring good news to people and communities. And like in the Queen's closing statement of that speech that she gave on her 21st birthday, Jesus knew that he could not fulfill his mission unless we join him in it. So may God bless all of you who are willing to share in Jesus' mission. Thank you for joining us on the Lingostown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.lingostownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth and love God and love others.